0: He's just too nice, isn't he? That was just, those words were just so um, special to me. I Appreciate Chuck so much, don't you? Let's give him a a big hand for all that he does. Well, I, I heard that it's been a kind of a boring gathering the last few days. Um, very low on the revelation scale, is that right? <laughs> Not. Well, the last time I was here, I wasn't here. <laughs> the last time I was in this uh, area to speak, Uh, CC and I were together in the hotel room and she had a a violent attack of vertigo and it lasted for days and finally I rented a, a motor home to get her back to South Carolina and wasn't able to be here obviously to speak so... I'm glad to be back and make it this time. Those were difficult days. She is still recovering, by the way. It was a little more than just vertigo. And, uh, but she's doing well, and we're on the, on the I think, the, the last stretch of that process. So uh, just trusting that she's going to come with me the next time I... Am here. But anyway, thank you for being here today. What a great day. Celebrating Passover and uh, re- resurrection. What a great, great, great day. Amen. Well, <laughs> though I have not been here, I am very confident that people have taught on Passover and talked about what it all means and all the feasts and revelation that comes with that. I'm not going to go back into that. I'm going to try to move us forward into the future a little bit and um, talk about what's coming. Several weeks ago, the Lord began to I think I want to use the word convict, convict me of uh, some of my thinking in regards to certain cities in America and around the world. I think sometimes without, um, without realizing it, we give up on certain people that we're praying for. We pray for their salvation, their deliverance, their turnaround. I think we sometimes give up on certain places, uh, and even though I, I have never doubted since the Lord encountered I had an encounter with him in two thousand and w- during which time he um, mantled me to do what I do now and really. finished that process of, of equipping me for my calling to this nation. I've never doubted since that day that America will be saved. I'm not sure I understood how challenging the process would be and how long it would take and we're not finished. But even though I've never given up on America, I think maybe I I gave up on some cities and places, just began to think that, um, well, maybe God will just ignore them and save the rest. But since that, uh, the, the Lord, that just became clear to me a few weeks ago that I, that I was doing that. And the Lord had to remind me, not that I didn't know it, but he had to bring it back up. That I love those people just as much as I love these people. And I do convert Saul's. I do change hearts, and I do transform Nineveh's, I go to places that don't even want me, and I show up and show them they want me. And we just don't always know where where God will move first and how, but we know he will. But in the process of this, and this is really how began with me, I was sent a dream. And really at first I was so busy and um, distracted. I read it quickly and didn't think enough about it. And so he brought it back to my thinking um, a week or so later. It's a very short dream. I'll read it to you and then make a few comments. Three, I was with two other people and CeCe we were in a certain place to hold a meeting. And before the meeting started, the other two gentlemen told me it was time for me to, and I quote, feed the river. And that was such an an interesting phrase that I, I really did jump out at me, but I had no idea what it was saying. Feed the river, not be fed by or drink from the river, but feed the river. So Cece and I walked away from them to sit by the river. We were sitting, relaxing, enjoying the river, just having a good day. So these men came up to me again and said, it's time to feed the river. They brought me some buckets that that some things had been placed in. We were never told in the dream what was in these buckets. I stepped in the river and began walking through the river and every once in a while I'd drop a bucket. Kept walking, dropping buckets in the river. Never ran out of buckets. Along the walk, I would pass camps of people. People were fishing, and when I walked by them, they would shout, thanks for feeding the river. We're gonna catch some big ones. When I reached the end of that assignment, that stretch, I rejoined all of them, and we walked back to where we had been originally and said, now we can start the meeting. So I I began asking the Lord, you know, I I knew that there was an obvious reason because the Lord doesn't do these things coincidentally. There was a reason he didn't show me what was in the bucket or the buckets. So I thought I better pray into that. And I started searching what did God, Prophets or God used to put into water rivers in scripture. And the one that jumped out at me first was in 2 Kings chapter two. Where some people from school, one of the schools of the prophets came to Elisha and said, this area here that we've decided to set up one of the schools is a beautiful place. But the spring that feeds the stream and gives us the water is defiled. And it produces a curse of barrenness The word actually means in Hebrew miscarriage. But it also is a a broad word for just the inability to prosper. So he said the ground won't produce because the water has poisoned the ground. So there's barrenness and unfruitfulness here. Can you help us with this? So Elisha said, bring me... uh, a new vessel, a new jar. What what it's going to take to purify this can't be found in the old. It's gonna have to be put in some new wineskins, some new vessels that have been prepared for this season. And they brought him a new vessel and he said, fill it with salt. And he poured the salt into the water and Rafa, Yahweh, Rafa, Rafa, the word. When it says the water was purified or healed, it's the, it's the, it's the name of the Lord, the healer, Rafa was put in the water. And from that day on, it was purified and they prospered. Now, here's here's what I never really knew until I studied the passage because I kept being drawn to it. I kept thinking, what is this to do with the dream? This was Jericho. And when... Jericho was defeated by Joshua and the Israelites. Joshua spoke a curse over Jericho. No one's ever going to be able to live or build here again. It'll cost the life of the firstborn and so on. So he, he cursed that city and he was, he was directed by the Lord to do so. And it's just going to be cursed Forever. and yet and it was it was still cursed here but some prophet I don't know who maybe Elijah had seen something here somehow had understood had tapped into the redemptive nature of God so much that he was willing to change his mind, just like he did Nineveh. If the right things can happen, I'm always more willing to redeem than judge. And even that which has been cursed like Canaan, Genesis nine, cursed be Canaan, but he was willing to transform Canaan and make it the land of promise and blessing. The cursed land became the promised land that people are still fighting over. It's so special. And someone looked at this place and said, You know, it's just so nice here. I think God wants to redeem this place. And Elisha agreed. He said, Bring me this salt. And the curse was lifted, and the land began to prosper again. And I said, Lord, what does the salt represent? And he said, Well, what did Jesus say? You are the salt. And I want my people, and he started with me, I want my people to stop cursing cities. Listen, it's okay to bring a warning from the Lord. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about not speaking up and speaking out against things that are wrong or sinful I'm talking about, though, taking the next step and with our language and with our words beginning, just cursing them and always speaking destruction and negativity and destruction over them. And God began to say to me, why don't you challenge people even that live in places that are very far left and liberal and anti-Christ to the core, why don't you have them to start To remind them as they drive through their streets, as they walk through their neighborhoods, as they go to their places of worship, to roll the window down and begin to speak blessing and be salt, which is a preservation. It's a purifier and a preserver and begin to sprinkle words of life into their communities, their neighborhoods, their cities, their nations, and purify, release my Jehovah Rapha, Yahweh Rapha, my Rapha, my Rapha, my my stripes, my blood, my healing, my atoning work. Why don't you release that into cursed cities? and nations and I found myself as I have begun to do this and remind people of this I have found faith beginning to rise in me. I'm just not I'm not so certain that some of the most evil strongholds in the nation now might just become portals of revival and outpouring in this coming awakening that God's about to send because he loves those people in the streets. He loves those people shooting up and he loves those people that are... Well, you name the sin, he loves them. And we preach that he loves... The sinner and hates the sin. I'm not so sure we have remembered enough just how much he loves the sinner. So, on this resurrection day, I want to challenge you. This is my first point, it's my longest point, so don't get nervous. I know you're. I know it's been a long weekend. I want to challenge you to begin to speak life, blessing, into cursed places that are under the curse of sin, poverty, disease, destruction, the antichrist spirit, the leftist agenda that is so unbiblical, but begin to speak deliverance, begin to speak Healing, begin to speak that the waters and that which is feeding the barrenness in that, in that region now will be broken because you're putting salt in it. You are the salt driving through that city. And now I'm going to shift gears and go really fast for about 15 more minutes and then Chuck's going to come up and say something brilliant and prophesy and we're going to go, okay? Okay. <laughs> So another friend of mine has had a couple of dreams over the last uh, six months, maybe. Fascinating. You know, I've, I've had probably a dozen dreams sent to me over the last year and a half or so about God reopening wells of revival And there probably have been 14, maybe 15 different places in the world that he has uh, shown in dreams or talked about in dreams where they once were, experienced great revival. And course, he's in the dream always reopening those wells. I'm not so sure that it always means uh, in the same spot, in the same way. I think what he's saying is everything I did there and everything I poured out there, I'm going to reawaken that. And I'm going to pour out in the same way. I don't think in the coming move of God around the world, there will be four or five places here and there, two or three in this nation, that nation. We all have to go there. This is not a Brownsville-type revival. This, this, not that I have anything negative to say about that. I went and drank, I, I drank from that well myself. But I'm just saying, we're, what, we're, what we're moving into will be broad. I believe there will be places that experience it at deeper levels, higher levels, stronger levels than other places. Uh, and and maybe people will go and drink, and but 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 it's going to spread, and it's going to be sweeping through entire nations and neighborhoods, communities, <laughs> cities, nations. But these but these dreams show that God is reopening these wells, and that we're moving closer and closer to this great harvest and revival that's coming, and so. The two dreams that this man has had uh, showed—the first one showed four wells being opened. I'm not going to speak on this. I'll just mention them. The first well was the Fulton Street Revival, which was all about prayer. The second well in that dream was the Tenant, T-E-N-N-E-N-T, Tenant Well. And that had to do with the first great awakening when— God burdened a man for the pastors and leaders who were lukewarm. Some of them weren't even converted. Much like today. yeah. Much like that. I mean, places, sometimes they get so far away from truth. And there are congregations where I'm sure they're so liberal and and, and non-biblical, probably the leaders aren't even saved. But this man was uh, raised up by God to begin to preach uh, on the fire of God coming to the pulpits again. And he started challenging the pastors. It said, some of you pastors need to get saved. And they, of course, were offended. But it happened. God began to move, and it was a part of the first great awakening. He began to move, and leaders... came to Christ and others just found the fire again and as this in the dream as this well began to burn that represented the fire of revival come to leaders we saw pastors and leaders in the dream come from all over the nation with pieces of wood and they they held the wood to the fire till it was burning then took the wood back to where they came from running in the dream and and then the fire broke out in their pulpit. They carried it right into the pulpit. But the wood they brought was busted up pulpits. They busted up their liberal, their lukewarm pulpits, carried the wood, lit it on fire, took it back, and, now, and then the pulpits were ablaze with the fires of revival. And that was the second dream, and the th- or the second well, and the third well was the Haystack Revival, which was a revival that broke out on on a college campus. I believe it was Williams College. And birthed, you know, obviously this is a very short uh, uh, account, but birthed world missions. So this well well had to do with uh, harvest around the world. And that well was reopened and when it, when, it, when it eventually was, we were able to get it open in the dream, people get, begin to come out of that well by the thousands and go all, into all the world with the gospel. I believe another great, 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 great missions movement, a global movement of missions and evangelism is coming. And the, and the fourth well and that dream was Cane Ridge and we all know what Cane Ridge was Cane Ridge was <clears throat> the great uh, revival in Cane Ridge Kentucky where tens of thousands of people came this is a mid eight, uh, 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 sort of the mid 1800s probably the first half but but not quite to the middle of the 1800s Revival break up, broke out at Cane Ridge. And people came from all over the country by horseback, buggy, wagon, uh, walking to this revival, which just spread by word of mouth and were saved by the thousands and baptized in the Holy Spirit and healed. And accounts with, said that bodies just littered the countryside, uh, they were just laying um, out under the power of God. And uh, it was just remarkable what God did at Cain Ridge. And that, of course, um, pictures harvest and and outpouring. Uh, I took a little too long on that, but that's okay. I'm going to summarize quickly the next four. Because he just sent me another dream. And he and I, in this dream were encountered by Gabriel, the angel. The dream started with Dutch and me walking again through a field full of many wells. We were commenting about how there were a lot of wells that looked abandoned. As we were talking, I said to Dutch, do you hear that? I hear the sound of metal grinding against metal. It sounds like gears grinding, rubbing. I said, yeah, I hear that. We began walking towards the sound as we did. Gabriel, the archangel, appeared walking beside us. He said to us, it's time to reopen other wells in America. She, that being America, she has reached another milestone within the journey of awakening. I replied in the dream, journey? Gabriel said, yes, she's been in the process of this awakening since late 2000. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> we were fast approaching the well that was making the loud grinding noise. As we arrived at the well, we saw that it was sitting in a, uh, in a place in the field with other wells, fenced in, uh, I'm going to skip... Gabriel said to us, Gentlemen, these wells will live again. Resurrection power is here. You know, in the providence of God, I just received this. The first time I've shared it is Resurrection Sunday. Can't make that up, can you? Resurrection power is here, and these wells will live again. Then he said, the times are set for these wells to begin to function at full capacity. These wells will give you the insight and strategies you will need for the advancement of awakening in a way darkness will not be able to stop he went on to say this was really encouraging you are in a great time of war in the seen and the unseen go to work Gabriel said I was expecting a pat on the back (laughs) I got a kick in the britches go to war go 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 get going So the first well, I'm just going to summarize it. He pulls out, he gets these names. I think it's fascinating that he gets these names. And, and many of the, of the places he gets in these dreams, he doesn't know in the natural where they are and often has never heard of them. Like the first well that we went to was Rappahannock River Well. And I'll be developing this and doing a 15 on it at some point. But not, it was a scene of a battlefield. It was, it was a territory owned by native people. Uh, the whites took it over, surprise, surprise. But the week this was given to me, or the, uh, just a few days before this was given to me, they won a major court battle and just given the rights to this land back. Which is really remarkable, because in the, when we looked in the well, we could, we could see people in there of all ethnicities and uh, races, backgrounds, and just to just to just to make just to, just to summarize this one, just to get a, a, a brief point in, they were they were all sort of just wandering around with hope deferred, and they had crowns, but the crowns had fallen off. And they didn't even know, there were thousands of them we could see in this scene, and when they didn't even know where their crown was. But, and they had keys on their shoulder, but they were tarnished, it would no longer work. And, and so, Gabriel came and said, prophesy to them and give them back their roar. And I had a bugle So I took the bugle, but I didn't blow the bugle. I used it as a megaphone and I prophesied into the well that, well, let me read to you what I said. I called them kings. And I said, Kings, humble yourself and return to your crowns. Take up the cause align with courage and discipline. It may be bloody, but you will reign. And as they came up out of the ground, they transformed into lions, and they began to roar. They found their crown, they put their crown on, and as they roared, the whole land and area began to tremble with the sound and shake. The ground began to shake from the roar of these thousands of lions with crowns on their heads. and i said i just want to read one more thing and gabriel kept calling him of course kept calling him kings because the lion is symbolic of the kingly anointing and i said at the end of this well i said let me get this straight gabriel we're not enlisting christians we're enlisting kings And Gabriel said in the dream, King is the only order in the kingdom. So I think he's saying, and then he said, and they walked away and I said, that's the ecclesia. So I think he's saying, you know, we're not just called to be Christians to get to heaven, but we're also called to take on the lion nature of king jesus and we've got to get the we've got to find the crown and put it back on and begin to roar with the lion of judah because he wants to roar out of zion and send us forth with authority once again because we cleaned up the the keys on their shoulder so that they would work again he said now you teach you teach these lions how to keep the crown on their head and teach them how to keep these keys polished because if they keep the keys polished, they'll unlock the supernatural. Now that's a good word. Now let me just summarize the second one very quickly. The second well was the Husen well of rising heat. And I guarantee you there's not more than one or two people in this room if that they've heard Husen. I thought this guy had way too much pizza the night before we went to bed. But he was a minister during the first great awakening. And was used mightily. Before even Jonathan Edwards. This man was used. To help birth the first great awakening. And in this well. On the name of it it said. Frailing Houston well of rising heat. Set the temperature to 600 degrees. 600 and. Greek Strong's Concordance is the number of restoration. And I'm not going to read all this, but Gabriel kept talking about restoration. The shape of this uh, well was a steeple with stained glass. And angels flew into the building, busted the stained glass, and began to turn up the fire. And this particular well is all about restoration coming to churches and ministers, just as happened in the first great awakening. This is a powerful, I'm going to write a post on this, powerful, powerful picture. Listen, I just want to say there are many lukewarm leaders right now that are going to be, that are going to be, they're going to find the fire again. And that which they had is going to be restored. Don't curse them, pray for them. Don't curse your cities, pray for them. God wants to bring the fire He wants to turn up the heat, not the heat of judgment, but the heat of revival, the heat of Pentecost, the heat, the heat from the throne of God. He wants to turn it up inside of them. He doesn't want to consume them physically. He wants to consume them in here. I don't know. Maybe I need to read one or two of the prophecies on this. The heat from the furnace in the belly of the preachers, this is Gabriel talking, will burn at 600 degrees, restoration. Then my house will return to a house of birthing and fathering. Birthing and fathering. Birthing and fathering. My house will become again a house of birthing and fathering. I turned to this man who had the dream. He's a prophet. I put my finger in his face at this point and said, prophesy! He said, it was as if a lightning bolt shot from my finger, hit him in the chest, and he began to prophesy, and here's what he said in the dream. The Spirit of the Lord says unto his called, his gifts, turn again your face to mine that I may ignite you to burn again. For my passion I will impart into your eyes. Your eyes will burn as my eyes burn, says the Lord. My passion will consume you, and you will begin to see as I see. I am opening the unseen to you as I have not opened it to my sons and daughters thus far. That's the spirit of revelation. Open your mouth, says the Lord of hosts. I'm releasing through you the sword of my word. Your words are forming into my words as my words become a sword that I will use to sculpt my body so that I may release her into the deep flow of my awakening. He's going to sculpt. He's going to take the sword of revelation and he's going to sculpt the body into a people that can house the awakening. As he finished prophesying, I began to decree and I said, I stoke this furnace and command the coals to receive the breath of God. Father is blowing on you. From your belly you are bringing forth the fire of courage to stand. You will not be moved by their faces or their threats. You will restore, recharge, and release the ecclesia into her firebrand assignments. Fire of God consume. And I'll tell you more about that one on a post, but I want to do one more of these and then I'm going to stop. Love it. Love it. Love it. Because Gabriel took us to a third well. And this one we could barely see through the overgrowth and briars and thorns. And as we made our way to it, we couldn't even get to it without trying to clear away all the debris. But the thorns were just ripping us. And I backed up and I said, we can't do this. And then I, I, I had a revelation in the dream. And I said, this one doesn't, won't be opened the way the others were opened. This one responds to sound. We need the right sound. And I turned to ask Gabriel, get us some people that can give us the sound we need. And I turned and one of my spiritual sons who's a worship leader was walking toward us with his worship team. And I said, what are you doing
1: here? Give us a sound.
0: And they began to play and worship. And all the thorns and b- bushes and everything covering it just began to wilt and fall. Hey. Hey. And this well was, they all had different shapes. This one was shaped, it was actually a door just set in the, in the thicket was a door. It was called the well of Adereth in the dream. He had no idea what Adereth was. I've never heard of Adareth. Anybody here ever heard of Adoreth? It's the Hebrew word for glory. Not <laughs> One of them. It's a Hebrew word that means glory, but mo- mostly, mostly, because we know that's not the primary word for glory in the Old Testament. It's the word for a mantle. So it's the glory associated with the mantle, the glory on Elijah. the, The mantle on Elijah carried the glory of God. That's why the mantle came to Elisha because it represented the glory. And that word is Adoreth. So this was the well, how do you say it, of the mantles which represented the glory that they carried. And when we went in through the door, it looked like one of these uh, dry cleaner places with these places to hang clothes everywhere. And they they were on the wall in this machine and you could push a button and, and get the right clothing Find the right number. I mean, you you, you. and they were all different outfits. I got to reach at this one part. (laughs) So it had many rotating, moving mechanisms that held many coats robes, capes, soup-type coats, jackets. These coats had all kinds of symbols on them and were in every color and size you could imagine. They were arranged according to the seven spheres of influence or mountains of influence. Mantles for government, mantles for media, And so on. Gabriel said to us, Examine them, look them over. You'll know exactly how to recover them. Or recover them. You'll know how to redeem them and activate them. Gabriel said, Some of these coats have never been worn. Some have been abandoned. Others have not been passed on to their rightful successor. Your assignment is to disperse these coats back into the ecclesia. It's time for the old and the new to merge. It's time for the old and the new to merge and bring forth the full weight of heaven in the earth. Gabriel then led us back up the door, and just before stepping out of the Adoreth well, he handed us both a golden key. He said, these work like safe deposit boxes. You'll need both of them to enter this and remove the coats. You better work together, apostle and prophet. That's what it was. You'll need them both to enter this well and remove these coats. Turn the keys together and this entire room will unlock to you. Turn the key of the apostle and prophet together and this entire room of mantles and glory will unlock for you so that you can put them on other people. You may access it anytime you feel it's needed. You will know which coat to pull and whom to place it on. We looked outside, heard knocking. People were standing at the door knocking. Hundreds of them. There were many other apostolic leaders there to help us. Bringing the people into lines and groups to receive a coat. I recognize three of the apostolic leaders in the dream at this point. Two two of the names you will know. Chuck Pierce and Alamu too. Wow. Alamu here today? Chuck seemed to be in charge of bringing the order. Wow. <laughs> well, that must be heavenly order, right? Yeah. Prophetic order, apostolic order. I don't know, maybe that means there's a fresh assignment or... impartation of some sort come yeah. to you, Chuck, yeah. to be able to take us to even a higher level yeah. of dispersing yeah. these mantles yeah. to the leaders that are going to need them. And I say here, here this summarizes, this, the scene shifted and we went to the fourth well and it was a harvest well. But it was shaped like a silo and it was bulging, about to burst. And we needed to get it open to get the harvest that was in it. And we couldn't get it open. So we had to take, we had to send back to the next, last well where all the spheres of people were from all the seven mountains and give them a key and put a coat on them. And they had to go help us unlock the harvest well. You don't have to be real prophetic to figure that one out, do you? This that God is about to do is not just going to happen in the four walls from the people who stand here. This revival and awakening and outpouring is going to be through the church, through believers, through the ecclesia. There's a mantle for every one of you. There's a garment. There's a coat. There's one made just for you. Some of them are connected to people in your past that you need to grab and and find the apostle and prophet that will help you get your coat, your mantle, your glory on the way it needs to be. So, Father, we ask you to help us feed the well. We are the salt. We are the vessels from whom you want to pour a, a a healing, preserving agent into cities, into nations, to to remove the curse of death and barrenness and somehow redeem them just like you did Nineveh in the land of Canaan. And Lord, the wells, the wells, the wells, the wells. You have resurrection power. You can open... The anointings and wells of revival, of awakening, of prayer, of world missions, of salvation, of outpouring. Fire in the pulpits of America. Fire in the churches. Fire in the businesses. Fire in media. Fire on the campuses. The sound is there. We need the sound. The new sound will cause the thorns and the bushes and that which keeps us from getting where we need to get. The new sound will get us there. Lord, raise up a company of apostolic and prophetic leaders in this hour who will thrill at placing the mantle on another, not just wearing one of their own. Give us hearts that are burning to impart, to mantle, to feed, to awaken, to find the lions and say, here, wear this crown. You you have a crown. Put it on. Polish up the key so that it works again. Give us hearts and cause our hearts to burn again with the flame of revival.
1: Now, when Dutch got to that well and talked about the worship, the sound that had to come in to help open up those wells, and he said, Gabriel said, James came over to me and said, "A a worship leader named Gabriel was texting him right at that moment. The Lord says, I am sending the Gabriels. Then... Keep him in that phone for a minute. Then Miles uh, from uh, San Francisco, where Dutch and I have ministered, and he incredible. Miles and Catherine they, Weiss—they've they've ministered here. He wrote me and he said, "There's only two places in the Word of God that 600 exist, and it's in it's in, They're both in the Book of Daniel." And they're both about Gabriel, and they're both about facing the earth in worship. They're both about being changed into a new, now now hear this carefully. This is the anointing you're going to walk out of here with. A new, more powerful change agent than before. And I think what I'm hearing right now uh, for all of us is I'm anointing you at this Passover with a new anointing for change so you will become a change agent greater than you ever were in the past. Lord, I lose that over Dutch right now. Now. Pam, I want you to do something. This is how I want to send us out, and I want Dutch and I to do a prophetic act over you. I want you to get this fig tree that was given, and yes, bring your Toa with you. Get this fig tree. Now, hold it up. Now, I'm going to tell you why. One of the things that drove me in prayer and drove us in prayer in this nation came from a verse God gave me uh, 14 years ago when he showed me our nation, caught me up and showed me our nation. And then I asked him, how will this nation be saved? And the Lord said, they'll have to learn to play the trump card. That was before the trump thing ever Came into public eye. It's written in books. You can see it. Playing the trump card means this you're going to have to play, make a strategic move in such a way that the enemy can't move over you. Now that's where we're at. And then the Lord gave me this scripture about the fig tree. And he said, For three years I've come looking for fruit on this fig tree. The guy wanted to tear it up. And I've found none. Cut it down. Why does it even use up the ground? But he replied to him, This is a parable, the Lord, let it alone, sir, one more year until I dig around it and put in fertilizer. Now, I'm going to share this very clearly. The Lord used that scripture to tell me that at the end of the third year, Mr. Trump would not continue as how we knew the president of the United States, but God would start digging and fertilizing at that time. But there would have to be some sort of new planting that would set the next time dimension for this nation now whoever brought this victory it was sent by someone where are you raise your hand uh raise it high whoever brought it it was sent in here and it represents the beginning of this next phase of revival for this nation And I believe you have an outline there that is so key. I believe you have key points of how this we have to have a heart to see the land we're part of it revived again and causing the people to come alive. And Pam, you know, during two years ago, this very thing happened we had the most luscious fig trees here that they produce four times a year abundance abundance and then that devastating freeze took them all out the lord says when you plant this fig tree you are coming up to plant and cause a nation to sprout again You're going to go, you're planting to cause fruit that has been postponed over the last two years to start producing in a new way. And I say, I'm already developing the highway for you, and sending the angelic help, and sending the sound, and sending the tools that will redig a nation. I say to you, you're not just going to be able to redig a well, but when you begin redigging the wells, it's going to have to cause a nation to become a well, saith the Lord. Yeah. three plants, three plants. See, I didn't even know that. The Lord says, these next three years, I am beginning today at this Passover, and I'm going to give you an anointing in this land as my kingdom people to start causing what's been shut down, shut up, sealed up, and stopped. I'm going to cause you to break seals all across this land, and I'm gonna send angels to help you. Go with my angels because some lands will be a part of this land will become more desolate while you're unlocking other parts of this land and they're producing. But I say, if you start now, before the end of the next three years, you can cause a whole nation to blossom again. Now, I want to show you what this looks like. This chiller room back here, the ugliest, most filthy room. And we got it cleaned up after we moved in here. But it wasn't restored. And Penny took her team. She had to repolish all the pipes. She had to open up the pipes. When she opened that well up, it took months for the filth that was in that line to come out. It had to be purged. Then we would shut it, and then it would have to be purged again. I'm telling you, ask the Lord right now at this Passover for the grace that's going. we are going to need to deal with the filth that's about to flow. And if we will get the grace to deal with the filth, we will see a new river start flowing in the next three years. That is our word at this Passover. If you will ask me for the grace to deal with the filth, I will push the filth out and I will bring a new spring throughout this land, saith the Lord. i'm telling you get ready get ready sounds gotta go workers with picks have to go but we've all got to get an abundant grace the firebrands have to go forth i send you forth to find your way from this day forth to bring forth new fruit in jesus name because the fruit and the planting of the Lord for our future starts today again. I send you forth in Yeshua's name. Let's give a shout and thank God for what he's saying.